Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NFL veteran and Super Bowl champion, Will Blackman. Bending from the end zone, he throws, and it's a first away, and it is picked off by Will Blackman, the former Giant. Tim Dwight watches it hit, bounces, picks it up at the 10, slips a defender, fumbles the football, it's up for grabs, it's covered in the end zone by Will Blackman for a Green Bay touchdown! And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another episode of Buecher and Blackman, subsidiary of Buecher and Friends, part of the United WeCast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can also hear me on Radio.com and Intercom Terrestrial Stations. Follow me on Twitter at Rick Buecher and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buecher. He is NFL vet, Super Bowl champ, also known as the NFL wine guy. There it is. Will Blackman. You can see him on, uh, you can see him on FS1 as well, and you can hear him on Fox Radio. We are recording this following the first weekend of the NFL playoffs, and... While it's already 24, 48 hours old, the future for the New England Patriots is still major question mark. Is it fair to say that? Or will you always you always throw me a curve? I always think I'm on the right line with what's going on in the NFL, and you say, No, 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 no. That's not true. And you give me something new. So New England Patriots, everybody's questioning, is Tom going to be back? Is this the end of the dynasty? What's your take? Is it all over? Should we Are we turning the page on what the New England Patriots have been for the last decade or so? Uh, it depends on what Belichick does for this dynasty to be over. Uh, this, this reminds me of over in Seattle where they totally just blew up Legion of Boom. And... I mean, because they played a huge part in that Super Bowl run. You know, that you knew you knew the defense and you knew the run game. Um, so Marshawn left, the defense left, and Seattle's still good. You know, because they still have John Schneider and Pete Carroll at the helm, making making the football decisions. And so instead of rebuilding Seattle, they just decided to reset. Yes, the power has changed in the division for a second. But they just decided to reset. So to that end, if the Patriots, because the Patriots, I mean, 
Seattle reset, but they also restructured themselves in a lot of ways. The strengths right. of the team shifted That's around. What I mean, though. They just reset and, and started over with, with what they had. Do you have any idea of where Belichick would go if he did reset this team now? Because I, I, I imagine at least part of it is so much was orchestrated. How, let's put it this way. How much of the reset has to be with Tom Brady's current abilities in mind? How much do you think they have to adjust for this Tom Brady? If you think that Tom Brady is different or demonstrated that he's different than the Tom Brady we've seen for the last 10, 15 years. Well, what, what Tom Brady, his, his greatest attribute, in my opinion, is his mental endurance. And basically, it's he can deal with whatever is going on and not be phased by it, whether he's winning or losing. He's dealt with tough losses, and he's had plenty of victories. And he's been totally fine. He understands the grand scheme of things. Um, Ability-wise, like when you look at, I guess the cliche term is arm talent and mobility. No, he's not the best quarterback in terms of that, you know, but his mind. So <clears throat> uh, everyone always goes back to – uh, the year, I think it was 2008, when Tom Brady got injured and they went 11 and five mm-hmm. with Matt Castle. Right. You know, yet yeah, they did not make the playoffs, but they still went 11 and five. Um, <clears throat> and so ultimately, people look at it like, well, it's, maybe, it's, it's probably more Belichick. So I think, you know, if Tom were to leave, Bill were to stay, I got three names. That could be interesting. Okay. I mean, a name out there that has been thrown around before, and I will say I first heard this from George Iloka, former Bengal safety, that his former quarterback, Andy Dalton, would be an interesting fit in New England. Really? I gone on record and said Cam Newton would be an interesting fit in New England. That is so interesting. And... Depending on his health, Alex Smith. (laughs) (laughs) So, just looking at these three names, I would say the guy that I could see fitting the best if you're not trying to make this major transition away from Tom Brady would be Alex Smith. Just in terms of his ability to see... Because the way the Patriots have played for the most part is intelligent football. intelligent football, but let's get the ball into our playmakers' hands as quickly as we can. Let's read and react quickly. I've seen Alex Smith play that kind of game. Andy Dalton has, but as a Bengals fan, I can tell you he has had a phenomenal ability that when the Bengals are in position to take over a game, that's when he makes the critical error. I mean, it's it is phenomenal right. that it has happened as much as it has. So, what what better situation than to put him with the greatest situational master of all time? Because I don't let's keep, know, it, let's keep it real. Like how much of that? Tom, how Tom much Brady, of that is, is osmosis, though? Tom, it's 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 a lot. I would it say is. it's a lot. But as Tom, as Bill Belichick said, and Nick, Nick Saban has has said. There, you can't like you can't overcome bad coaching, no matter how good you are, you can't. And 
Well, I didn't want. I, we're not going to talk about the Cleveland Browns today. No, we're not. But they may be an example of exactly what you're talking about. A lot of a lot of teams are. There yeah. are there are a lot of uh, wanted posters out there of talented players who entered the NFL and has have disappeared. Yeah. You know, I, like the the big the big story in the draft was okay, DK Metcalf. Yes. You know, uh, physical specimen, lit up the combine, but everybody destroyed his three cone shuttle because he he ran like a four or something terrible, like a four or five, or whatever it was. Was that it? That's why he dropped. No, the 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 reason he dropped, but he only dropped to the second round is because he had a, a really bad neck injury that that um pretty much ended one of his seasons. You could have helped Chris Collinsworth out, by the way. Collinsworth oh. had him going seventh overall in the draft and he spent a good deal of his time after the the game talking about how high he had Metcalf rated and how shocked he was that he fell and he figured it was because he was just a bad guy or there was like no I told his I I told I told his son too Jack I was like dude tell him like he had a really bad neck injury that teams were afraid of you told Jack Collinsworth yeah you told Chris's son to tell <laughs> yes. his dad yes. look i got some i got some info for your yeah. dad let me help that was, that was the big steal he had a really bad neck injury so teams were afraid of it that's, that's and he dropped so okay but hmm. but also and and a lot of my colleagues are on social media being so petty like i told you you know i told you dk Metcalf. everyone's saying his three cone da, 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 da. like i told you about him i'm like he went to russell wilson and pete carroll they took a phenomenal talent and put it on display. So they you're gave, suggesting we wouldn't be seeing this DK Metcalf if we didn't have this quarterback no. and we didn't in Cincinnati. <laughs> okay, we'll just go out and fair point. Oh. I tend to agree with you. A lot of teams we wouldn't see this. Yeah. Because talent would have disappeared. Yeah. Well, bad coaching. I seen one guy. I can't say he overcame bad coaching, but he 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 showed out no matter what, and I was and that was Charles Woodson. But he was at a place where he did learn, like he he got coached by Willie Brown at one point. Hmm. And so yeah, you take that coaching and you go on with it. You know, I when I went to Seattle, I finally got to get coached by Chris Richard, and he totally elevated my game to a whole new level. Interesting. So when I went to Jacksonville. And I butted heads with my defensive back coach. It was all good because I already I already developed something. You know, so, when I went to the Redskins, and I didn't agree with a lot what my defensive back coach was saying, it was all good. So give me a sense of what was it was it mental or was it technique that Richard elevated your game? Like what did he? It was give? It, was, men, it was mental. It, it was actually it was actually both. Okay, because he actually helped me understand situational football more, you know, down a distance formations, location of field, what have you. And he also taught me, they call it step kick. It's a way to play press man. And it taught me how to be patient at the line of scrimmage. It took me about a month to learn how to do this. Hmm. This one technique. And once I learned how to do it, I was like, I, I could line up against anybody. Interesting. Yeah. And it didn't and it was and, and it helped you step kick helped you in regard to 
size, speed, what was it that it negated that you, that you were struggling with that it changed? It, it, it helped me be very patient on scrimmage because what happens is when you play press man, you automatically think of what? Bump and run, right? I need yeah. to put my hands on this receiver. Slow him down. And slow, reroute him, slow him down, disrupt the timing, yeah. right? So my original stance is I would get down in my stance and I would have my hands ready to jam. But what happens is usually if you jam with your hands first, you end up locking your hip. They're like tied up. They're tied to one another, you know? Hmm. So what this taught me was he said, get in your stance and put your hands like down, like relax your arms. Don't help, don't hold them up. And this taught me to move my feet first to make sure I am in front of the receiver. Because if I try to And probably first, not square, but sideways. Right. Just it's no different than guarding a point guard in basketball. Right. Same thing. It's the same thing. Same you, position. You want to you stay in front of him, right? Right, but but you don't want to you don't want to reach. But you're lunch. not being square in front of him. You're, you're square in front. If of you're him moving until, your feet, until you're square in front of him until he commits. Right. So if he's coming upfield, yes, you want to slide in front of him, and you're, you're giving a slight angle. And you're and giving. Once, that's what I meant. Yeah. Right. And then once he gets into that range where he commits, then you get your hands on him, and jam him. Interesting. Because what that does is that keeps you on top, so you can see through him into the quarterback. What happens is a lot of guys are so aggressive with the line of scrimmage they miss, and they end up trailing. And you saw that time and time again versus the Eagles with DK Metcalf. He's too fast for guys to be lunging and trailing because he's going to take off. He ran a 4'3 at, at 230 pounds. Like, dude, what are y'all doing? Yeah. So when I learned that technique, I kept that. That was in my toolbox for no matter where I went. No matter where I went. So if I went to, if I went to one team, like the Redskins, and he tried to teach me this technique, I'm like, okay. I'll listen, but when it was game time, I'm doing my this thing. This is how I'm playing. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked every time. Did you ever have any pushback in, you know, a coach that wanted you doing it his way regardless of the results? Uh, no, I was fortunate because when I went to Jacksonville from Seattle, there was a coach there, uh, uh, Dwayne Walker, who used to coach with Pete Carroll at USC. So he was familiar with that. And then when I went to, um, when I went to Washington – Coaches were familiar. All of a sudden, it became like this new trend. Like you would see, I remember uh, coaches from other teams would always come up to Richard Sherman, like, what, "What's that technique you, you guys are doing? What is that?" You know. So it, now everyone does it: step kick, step kick, step kick, jam, step kick, jam, because it teaches you patience. Interesting. So, my point is, I got good coaching, right? Which helped me elevate my game. This is year six. That's when you got it. That's when I got it. You were just living off of your raw ability up to raw that Raw ability. That's why I was a good punt returner because I was all instincts. That was all me. I knew how to do that. Give yeah. me the ball. I'm gone. Yeah. But to play defensive back, it was a, it was a challenge because I had I worked so hard trying to cover these guys. Going back and, to your, your yeah. three quarterbacks that you mentioned with New England. Right. Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Alex Smith. Yes. That... Are you? Are we presupposing that Tom Brady will not be there going forward? This is. The, I'm saying that if when you, okay. basically when you when the question is, is this the end of the, an era or a dynasty? I said if if Tom, meaning Tom Brady left, if Belichick stayed, no. 
What you're suggesting, though, if I'm reading this correctly, and by the way, I mentioned Andy and I mentioned Alex, I would think Cam in some ways would might it would probably be the most dynamic of these three quarterbacks, but I also think that they would play a completely different way. It would be the greatest departure, and I'm fully confident that Bill Belichick would be able to do that, to utilize Cam with what Cam does. And I guess to, to that end, do you think he'd still be a, a running quarterback? Do you think they, or, or, or would they eliminate that? Oh, yeah, no, oh, no way. Cam will be a running quarterback. Yeah. New, New England's offense is all about taking a profit. Right. <laughs> right. So, That's all it is. Because imagine if Tom Brady had even Daniel Jones' mobility. Yeah. Because there are, there are times, I mean, Tom couldn't run this year. No, not at all. Ever. And he, and he, I think, to, Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen had more rushing yards this year than Tom did his whole career. Very possible. <clears throat> we'll we'll get we'll get somebody to look that up. That's all that said. You're suggesting that Bill Belichick has a much bigger hand in the dynastic elements of the New England Patriots than than Tom does. That that Bill can find a quarterback to successfully do what Tom has done. Am I I mean that I can't come to any other conclusion but that if you say that Bill can take three of the one of these three quarterbacks and he can continue to make them a Super Bowl contender. Don't know he can find another quarterback and this my, I always use the comparison in Seattle because you know I think Pete's still look, looking for the next Sherm, the next Earl, the next Cam Chancellor, the next Legion of Boom. But he still has his core guys and Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson. He has those two core guys. <clears throat> but keep in mind, uh, Richard Sherman was a fifth-round pick. Uh, I think I think Cam was a fifth-round pick, too. Cam, Cam Chancellor was a third or fifth-round pick. I'll look that up. Um, Byron Maxwell was a fifth-round pick. Like, all these guys were late to mid-round picks. Hmm. The only first round in that secondary was Earl Thomas. <clears throat> Fair. So, after so, that, it was so you're saying they can draft the talent. They can draft the necessary talent. They could. They could. They could do that if possible, if need be. How if if they have one of these three, how much additional talent did they have to acquire? Like how much better does the rest of the group have to be? They need for this they to need, work. <clears throat> they need a stud receiver, like one or two. And a good tight end. And that's it. What about defensively? Because they started out great defensively, but they I don't know whether you'd say they 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 lost their way. Obviously they had some injuries. They're exhausted. Yeah. Because they're on the field so much. They're on the because field. Because of the so offense. Much. Yeah. So you think you can you the defense, if it gets a little more help from the offense, this defense doesn't need shoring up. For sure. Okay. I'm just looking up Daniel Jones's Statistics. So he rushed for a total of 279 yards. He rushed for this year. Is that? Are you surprised by that? Did you think it was going to be higher? No. Okay, 279 yards. And Mr. Tom Brady. By the way, as I look this up, uh, I have to tell you, um, I basically rewired my house earlier today 
my one of my DirecTV boxes went out and I had to replace it. And it turns out I replaced the wrong box. And my system, I this is also I believe that IT guys they purposely make your system complicated so only they can fix it so that you can't get like the the average dude can't go in that's why you have like these rats nests of wires and stuff i think they purposely do it and i and i really appreciate our uh, the it guys that i know that work on our house but i basically i reworked our entire direct tv system we have like we have five tvs and I, I work the magic. Everything works now. Everything's connected. And uh, I even got a compliment from the direct TV guy that I had on the phone for 45 minutes helping me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, um, you know what? I, 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 knew where, I, I knew a few things. I guess the reason I'm bragging about all this is because my kids are killing me right now. Dad, I've, I don't, you, haven't, you probably haven't reached this level because your kids are still what age? Nine or five. Yeah. Uh, it's still a Mardi Gras, and Dad's still the smartest person on the planet. My, both mine are teenagers now, and I suddenly, I'm dumb as a post. Dad doesn't do anything right. And we have fun with it. They're not malicious about it. But it really, every time I suggest something, I, I can pretty much expect a a look of disbelief that... I expect them to see what I'm telling them as being accurate. So just giving you that uh, as advanced warning. And now I will give you the stats on Tom Brady's rushing, total rushing numbers. Oh, you're not giving him damn near enough credit. He's rushed for over a thousand yards in his career. I said Josh Allen. Oh, you said Josh Allen. I'm sorry. I thought you said Daniel Jones that we're comparing. Now I got to look up Josh Allen. All right, Josh Allen, his numbers this year. Where are you rushing wise? Come to Papa. Come to Papa. Very good. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Josh Allen rushed for 1,141 yards. That is roughly 104 yards more than Tom Brady's <laughs> career <laughs> rushing numbers. I told you. Good bro. on you. You nailed it. That's impressive. That's, that's very good. Speaking of Josh Allen, what to make of, and I know I didn't put this down on our, on our rundown, but I'm just curious. I meant to at, at, at some point. But I've, what I've realized is that I get my best, I have my best conversation with you when I don't ask you to judge players, good or bad, or teams, or ask you whose fault it was. Like, that's something that 
I don't know. You you still you have a reluctance to go there, and I think part of it is because it's usually that's 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 the typical radio host question, and uh, and no, I, I have the same feeling when it comes to talking no, about the go, NBA. Here's the thing: I don't have I don't mind giving constructive criticism of saying who needs to improve, who can do what. I'm I'm not the type where I'm going to straight bash somebody and diss somebody and talk bad and down about somebody right, right. you know do now i at, just at the code of ethics i just wouldn't do it regardless but do i yeah do i have relationships of course i have relationships in the league but <clears throat> i didn't i didn't like it as a player when when uh former players would go into the media and start doing that i'm like that's for what and i told myself when i do that i would never go into the media and, and start doing that because it's corny to me right by the way, uh, just for clarification, that uh, 1,141 yards for Josh Allen is for his two seasons. That's not just this year, right? Yeah, he wasn't two he seasons. wasn't a thousand yard rusher two seasons this right. year. Uh, but nonetheless, your point is very well made when it comes to that. Okay, let me ask you some amazing really quick. Yes, go ahead. In 2012, John Snyder's second round pick was Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. Third round pick, Russell Wilson. How about that? That's a pretty good draft right back, there. Back to back picks, Hall of Famers. And I'm pretty certain that no one was proclaiming that the great draft that it has proved to be at the time. Like, yeah, oh, Seattle say, killed it, right? I'll say 2000, his 2000, <clears throat> 2000, uh, not, 2010, 2011, and 12 draft were. I mean, solid. Hmm. Good gosh. 2010, he got Okun, Earl Thomas, Golden Tate. Wow. Walter Thurman and Cam Chancellor. Wow. Wow. In, 2000, in 2011, he got KJ Wright, Richard Sherman, Barry Maxwell, and Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Smith in the seventh round. And in 2012, he got Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, Robert Turbin, who came back. Jeremy Lane, who was a starting nickel, J.R. Sweezy, who they drafted him. He's a DN. They moved him to tackle, became, you know, got paid, and then Greg Scruggs. Just that you you drafted that many guys who ended up to be legit pros in a, in a <laughs> right. matter of a couple of years, yes. right? That is extraordinary. That is right. really impressive. You know what else is impressive? Uh, what we have for our listeners, and you know about this now. It's a chance. Uh, look, the holidays may be over, but we still would like to give all of you a gift. And it's a chance to make your workouts more enjoyable, more challenging, uh-huh. and more conducive to your busy schedule. If you're tired of having to create new playlists, I know I am. I got tired of constantly having to go to iTunes and figure out what uh, what playlist I was going to have for my workouts. Uh, and if you're looking for someone to keep you motivated with new routines, but when you can do it on your time... You can do all that with an app called CycleCast. It provides studio quality classes for both indoor cycling and running workouts. And I, look, I found this, we didn't we didn't get CycleCast because we were looking for a sponsor for the podcast. I found CycleCast on my own. I had already had a quality spin bike at home and I didn't want to spend a ton of money on a new bike with a video screen and all that. You know the one I'm talking about. I don't need to see a bunch of other people on spin bikes. I just need an instructor who has an ear for music that will get me hammering those pedals and has a ride plan that makes me feel like I'm going somewhere, both 
while I'm in the saddle and with my overall fitness. And that's exactly what CycleCast has given me. And it's for a ridiculously low monthly subscription. You can use the app on your iOS or Android phone. It uses minimal battery and data, and you can use it on any kind of bike. And the running programs are both indoor and outdoor. As someone like myself, I travel, I have to fit my workouts around my schedule. I love that I can take CycleCast with me wherever I go and use it with any available spin bike. And I'm all about simple, effective, and fun. And CycleCast gives me all three with an array of instructors you're going to love having in your ear along with some rocket beats. So let us help you reach your goals in 2020 or even set new ones. And I said that it's a ridiculously low monthly subscription. We're going to do you even better than that. Download the CycleCast app and use the promotional code BUCHER, B-U-C-H-E-R, and you'll not only get their seven-day trial, but you'll get four free additional weeks on top of that. That's CycleCast, C-Y-C-L-E-C-A-S-T, and don't forget to use the promotional code BUCHER, B-U-C-H-E-R, to get five free weeks of guided workouts with killer soundtracks. CycleCast, you're going to love where this app takes you. All right, so... Um, one of the things that I did say I wanted to ask you, and I'm very curious because of the performance that we saw over the weekend and because of your history, obviously, as a defensive back and your knowledge of the game from the defensive side, whose defense this weekend impressed you the most? Because I thought we had a number of impressive performances and yet... I, I, I'm wondering which one stood out to you. I, I like how that – I like the fact that the uh, Titans just just did not care. <laughs> like I felt like the whole time they knew what the plan was. They're going to run it down their throats, and they're not going to do anything on offense. Yeah. They literally walked into that building like ready to go. Yeah. Clearly, because after watching that Lion video, he said, where the hyenas? <laughs> Mike Vrabel said that. Right. How much how much do the losses, whether it's to Miami or it's to Tennessee, changes the mindset of Foxborough? Because as you noted, like Belichick's still there. They can still get back in the saddle. But does seeing that dented for the first time in forever, does that shift things as teams prepare to play for them? Do, does it take at least one of the arrows out of their quiver? Uh, it, it happened all year. You know, they they lost to a lot of good teams this year. The fact that Baltimore just went and, and showed everybody, hey, look, these guys aren't as good as you think they are. Um, yes, they have they have done it before. They have been there. They have been in situations. They did the twenty eight and three. Like, yeah, we we get all that. But it was like they kind of let everybody know it's not going down this year. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I made an example. Uh, comparison on line today that I remember when I was a soft. This reminds me of when I was a sophomore in college, and everybody around town was going crazy with the Red Sox. Right. It was Game Seven ALCS. Right. And Aaron Boone just launched that grand slam. Right. And I remember I, I looked outside my dorm window, and I mean, there I, it was. There were some sad <laughs> souls. I'm. Side. I imagine there's a lot of that in New England right now. That's what I mean, though. That's what it reminds me of. And I, yeah. I understand it was on a different scale, you know, but I, I didn't. 
in terms of what happened because of the whole drought and what have you, what's going on with, with the um, Red Sox. Yeah. But I remember looking outside because everyone was in the quad. Everybody was outside getting ready for this game. And you just saw that ball go into the stands and everyone literally yeah. just, just wanted to give up going to school. Do you and think... that's how I that's how I felt after that. Especially they ended on a pick six. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was like, oh. um, I, I was like, I I don't I would not want to go back home to Rhode Island right now because I know everyone is just furious. Based on this, based on the signs that I saw in the stands, it seems like the Patriots fans are prepared for Brady not to be back. Or, or at least that there's a very good possibility that he could look elsewhere. Do you think he should? And is there a place in your mind where you said, you know, if Tom does leave, this would be a great place for him to go, both for him and for the team that he would be going to? I think there's like a multi-million dollar home in Brentwood. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great place. The new, Brady, The new spot? For- for Brady to set up shop. So, but there's going to be two teams in there when it opens up. Yeah, it's called Team Husband, Team Dad. Shut it down, Tom. Oh, really? <laughs> Shut it down, Tom. Just listen. So, every in any profession, huh? Like somebody, a, a time comes. Somebody meets their match, or a time just comes. Right? The unthinkable happens. You had. I remember, you know, as a as a kid in in the late '80s, early '90s, watching Mike Tyson just annihilate everybody. I mean, people were scared to get in the ring with this dude, and all of a sudden, the the unthinkable happened. He got knocked out by Buster Douglas, and right. we everyone could speculate. You know, he went out the night before. He was dehydrated, whatever it is. He got knocked out, and then, you know, I watched my favorite boxer of all time and. Uh, Roy Jones Jr., same thing. So athletic, no one could touch him. You know, and all of a sudden he started slowing down, got older, and guys were hitting him, and he was getting laid out. Right. You know, if, eventually it it just happens. It, it just happens. You know, times times run its course, and for him to come back, he would have to be in a great situation. And the, I mean, and the, right now the best situation would be the Chargers because I feel like they are just loaded with weapons all over the place, and they mm. just didn't get it done. Hmm. But, do you do you think that 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 Brady can do significantly more than Rivers did? I think so because Brady is more more cautious. Rivers said, oh, yeah, I threw two picks, but I don't even care. I don't look at that. I'm trying to go win. Yeah, I'm going for it." <clears throat> and your thought is, your team was good enough. You didn't have to play that risky. You didn't Let have your to team go crazy. win it. You didn't have to go crazy. I mean, they fired the OC. Okay, um, I respect I respect Rivers for that, but but yeah, I I think if Brady leaves New England and goes anywhere, he's coming out to sunny California and setting up shop. All right, so or or just shut it down, just say goodbye. Yeah, that's what I mean. Come home and shut it down. Okay, well wait a minute, but there's coming there's 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 going to L.A. I mean, coming home would be Bay Area technically. Coming to California, he lives he lives, he lives here. He's got an off-season home here. In what? In the Bay? No, 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 no. In in L.A. Yes, that's what I mean. Yes. But there's going there and shutting it down, like just being a dad. And then there's going to L.A. and 
taken, you know, one more stab at it with the Chargers. No. No, you're just saying come home, come to LA just, and shut yeah, it down. Just, yeah, be a patriot for life and just be and, be and be done with it. Yeah. It well, I, I will say, when the 49ers made the turn and they handed the keys to Steve Young and Joe Montana went on to Kansas City, he did have one more good season there. But why did Joe go to Kansas City? Because he was ticked off. Yes, he was. That's why. He lost his job. Well, I would imagine Break. This is this. There's no quarterback controversy here. Not yet. Even if no. Speaking there, of so there, speaking there, of which, there is no quarterback controversy. Speaking of Trust. which, so the, the the some people have posited this, and I and I think it's naive to do it, but uh, in the same way, suggesting that you know Oklahoma City should have kept James Harden wasn't within their wherewithal, their purview to keep James Harden. Bill Simmons has. has but James didn't want to stay there. Exactly right. Exactly right. Does the same apply to Jimmy Garoppolo? Could they have kept Jimmy? I, I think financially it would have been difficult. Could they have found a way to keep Jimmy and would it have worked? Or was it time you're either moving off of Brady and giving it to Garoppolo or you got to let Garoppolo go? Do you see a way in which they could have kept both of them and made it work? Yeah, I did. I did see a situation, but they gave him up for a second round pick, and they end up winning a Super Bowl. So it worked out. Okay. All right. So no, <laughs> no, so no. Like, I mean, people are looking at them and saying, "Hey, they wouldn't be in this situation if they if they'd moved on from Brady and handed the keys to Garoppolo." You're not They're, buying that because no, of the way it worked. Patriots have always been in a win-now situation. Yes. There is no preparing for tomorrow. We're trying to win right now. 11 straight division titles says so. Fair enough. Couldn't, have, couldn't, couldn't say it better. All right. Uh, we do have to hit your, your boy, Kirk Cousins. He wins his first playoff game. It wasn't a Monday night. The only thing could have been better is Let's if he'd done it on a Monday. Go. But well, you, you, know, you know, it's funny because you make a good point. He actually does play well on Sunday nights. <laughs> So Chris Collinsworth was calling the game. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's fair. Joe Testor and, and Booger wasn't up there calling the game. Right. I would have been nervous if that was the case. Here's the other part is when I look at the big plays down the stretch. And I don't want to take anything. stretch. Yes, let's talk about those. I don't want to take anything away from Kirk. But it's what I've always said. And I still hold to this. Like, I think he's a very good quarterback. Do I think he's an elite quarterback? No, and it's because he found two matchups where it he found the huge mismatch in both cases. Thielen made the play to get them down there. And Rudolph, that was... Oh, okay, okay. So take me there, take me there, because I'm really curious what you thought about that matchup and that coverage. It, it, I mean, he threw it up, but... How is how else could that DB have played that uh, played that pass or played that play to prevent that from happening? You can't do anything when you're getting pushed. So you're calling it a pass interference? Totally. Okay. All right. Do you? It's just it's just like I mean, and that wasn't that wasn't acting. That was push. You know, he did the whole head back that Paul Pierce and James Harden do. Right. to get a foul when they drive to the basket right. but he legit got pushed right it happens all it happens all the time and the tough 
the tough part about it is it was cover zero, meaning that the the Saints sent all out pressure. Right. There was no other route in the end zone where right. he couldn't see it. Right. It was just these two guys clear as day right there. Does he make that catch without the push? Is the question. I think he could. Yeah, I do too. Just because of the size advantage and yeah. where Kirk put the ball. Yeah, I think he could. Totally. I'm trying to think. In the Cow- in the recent Cowboys game, in which the Cowboys won, if I'm not mistaken, they had a what I thought was a clear pass interference by the linebacker in the end zone that was not called. That was the deciding factor in the game. And the only reason I bring it up is because we have instant... Re- I'm so ready to just get rid of instant replay. No, they're not even using it right. And it, it's, it was... It's supposed to be for the big games. And and it's supposed to like take away our feeling that injustice has been allowed to happen and or justice is served rather. And I just don't see it. I mean, we see the replays. They watch the replays. That's 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 what's phenomenal. Is that they will do a review and I'm thinking how can you say that's not or that it wasn't conclusive or that it the uh, in this case they did the review and they said that the contact wasn't uh, I don't know demonstrative enough whatever I, he put a he put a hand in the DB's chest held him that's off clear. and then right, went up and clear. got the ball that's clear yeah I'm with you I'm with listen, you listen Minnesota miracle yet another no, one no DPI no OPI two in a row. Two years in a row. Three years in a three, row. Three years in a row. <laughs> in the postseason. Yeah. At the end of the game. Oh. Yeah. All right. Before we go, I do want to ask you, and this is more inspired by, uh, I don't know if you know what's going on in Cleveland with, with Kevin Love, but he's frustrated. He's on a bad team. He's playing with young guys. And it just brought me up. I, this made me think. And what I wonder is whether you ever played with a teammate who was disgruntled or unhappy or, and what that does to a team when you have somebody like that. Because I'd like to think that everybody's a pro and you still go about your business. But I also know that chemistry is a very vital element to every team. And depending on the role of the player and the construct of the team, somebody who's unhappy and making it clear they're unhappy can be a distraction and can be divisive. And so I just, I wondered what your experience with that was and how it, how a team goes about trying to navigate around it and and how easily or how difficult it is to do that. Yeah. I I never been um, on a team where, one of our star players wanted to be traded, you know, partly because every team I've been on was good. Right. I figured, you know, now the teams that I was on that weren't good. That's because none of us were good. <laughs> so no one, no one had, there, no one was in a position to, uh, to be upset with somebody trade. else. <laughs> yes. You know, um, now, I had the luxury when I was in London. I got to um, I got to do a one on one interview with Jalen Ramsey. 
hmm. who was in that exact situation. I mean, he was he was the guy in Jacksonville. Um, and I can just imagine from the outside that just there was just a lot of uncertainty in chemistry within the whole entire team. And you saw it because they were they were such a, a talented team, especially on defense, and they just were not getting it done, hmm. you know. And a lot of it's because there there was there were so many distractions in the air of what was going on, you know. And it's not that he wanted to leave because they weren't good. He wanted to leave because he didn't trust the uh, the executives, the front office. But that energy still trickled down to the rest of the team. Because a lot of everyone, as as we saw, was on Jalen's side. Hence, Coughlin getting removed. Um, the only thing I can compare that was close was when Green Bay kind of forced Favre to retire. Hmm. You know, and you know you you can you can feel you know Favre trying to play to prove that he is still capable because he knows that they're trying to move on right to get Aaron out there. Cause Aaron's been sitting for three years. Right. You know? Um, so, you know, he, he pulled a fast one. He, he, he wanted to get traded to Minnesota. So instead he get, he got traded to the jets and then still got his wish to go to Minnesota eventually. So yeah, it, no, it's, it's interesting. Okay. That does it for this episode of Buker and Blackman. If you, however you feel about the podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. And then uh, if you want us to do something for you, aside from what we're doing for you with CycleCast, uh, please screenshot that review and uh, send it to at Buker Friends and you will be eligible to win some prizes. And I think we're going to put a monetary prize out there fairly soon. So get in on that if you can. In the next podcast, I'll be joined by Ryan Hollins. We will go over the Kevin Love situation. We also have the trade deadline coming up, and there's a couple guys new to the equation, one Darren Collison. Who among the LA teams would be best served by getting him, and where should Darren Collison go where he would have the best chance of winning a championship? We will discuss all that with Ryan in the next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.